Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. Here to talk Seahawks football and cornerbacks. We're getting towards the tail end of our look at the roster, all the position groups, and we're at cornerback today. We've got safety to go. We're also going to do one for special teams this year, which will be a first for us. We usually completely ignore that group, and this year I think we kind of want to just dive in, not nece- uh, necessarily stopping at just the specialists, but uh, kind of all the special teams um, and, and how it all works together. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, the special teams one will be fun, but that's another show. Today, we're talking about cornerbacks, which is one of the deepest, if not the deepest room um, on the roster. Maybe outside linebacker uh, will give it a run for its money, but this is a very stacked group of guys. Yeah. You know, even uh, if the Seahawks elected not to draft Tariq Wollin, in uh, the fifth pick overall in this draft, it still would have been a pretty darn deep group. That was that, Tariq Woolen was last year. I mean, uh, De- Devon <laughs> Witherspoon, sorry. Uh, fifth <laughs> overall. Yep. You know, you'd have uh, Woolen, Mike Jackson, who's apparently having the best camp, in fact, of all players, regardless of position. Uh, Pete Carroll signaled him out as having uh, just a stellar camp so far. Mm-hmm. Hardy Birds came back on a one year deal. Trey Brown uh, coming off of a year where he uh, started to feel better but didn't really get a chance to completely show last year. Kobe Bryant came in as a rookie, played in the slot extensively, uh, looks to improve this year. And that's just the top top six. 
you know, it's, um, and, and Tariq Woolen, of course, at the top. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's a really nice group. It's a nice problem to have. I don't know where everyone's going to get all the snaps, um, depending on injuries. If everyone is healthy, you know, the, the odd man out looks to be Artie Burns maybe just because he didn't play last year, but he was on the roster. Um, and, and, and you've got some young guys under young, you know, good contracts. Mike Jackson looks like he doesn't want his starting job to go away. What do you make of this thing? I think that, um, you know, barring injury, which would shake, definitely shake things up. Um, maybe four out of those six guys make the roster. Um, Artie Burns would probably be an, uh, an easy cut. And then someone else gets traded because they're worth more. Um, then you're not cutting them, but that would also allow you to keep any of the other young guys, which there's, um, four additional rookies other than Witherspoon. And if any of them show anything, you know, for, they could be a, uh, a, a special teamer, then yeah, why not flip one of your resources like Trey Brown for a defensive lineman, right? I think the interesting equation too is after the safety group, uh, which we will have on our next show, um, you take a look at a couple of players there and Julian Love and uh, Jarek Reed, who they drafted this year, they can play in the slot. And Mm -hmm. that makes the conversation a little bit more interesting uh, as far as who makes the roster out of this corner group that we're going to talk about today and who doesn't. Um, The more you can do, as they say. Um, So let's start at the top. Tariq Wollin. 6'4", 209, age 24, drafted in the fifth round last year. Um, you and I both fell in love with the player during the draft process. Hoped we would draft him. We did. Ended up, um, everyone, though, was wrong in the fact that uh, expectations were set pretty low. Guy just hadn't had a lot of experience. He was a, you know, fit that height, weight, speed equation, the Seahawks. Uh, love in, in, in the past have kind of moved away from that a little bit, but man, did they hit a home run with Tariq Wollin, Keith? Oh yeah. He played it um, at an all pro level uh, last year, led the NFL um, in interceptions was just absolutely stellar. And as a fifth round pick, you're like, that's crazy. Um, especially when like he got, to start the beginning of the preseason um, at corner because everyone else was hurt. And in that first preseason game, it went poorly. He did not play well. Um, neither did Kobe Bryant on the other side. Both of them really struggled in that first preseason game. And, but Woolen just kept working and kept getting better. And by the end of the preseason, it was obvious that the job was his and he was never letting go of it. And um, just played at a really, really high level uh, all year. And honestly, he can get better. Yeah, he was playing an all-pro level, but he can still get better. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. So, um, love, you know, him. He's he's a fantastic player. He allowed 51.5% uh, completion percentage of passes thrown in his direction and posted a passer rating against a 48.7, which is elite. It's just mm-hmm. elite. And you go back and you look at his film. I did uh, as part of this process uh, today. And man, he's just the biggest steal of the draft last year. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the best pass route 
jumpers in the NFL. Uh, very instinctive with the acceleration and the ball skills to back it up. He's just a complete corner. Uh, everything that you would want out of a shutdown on one side guy. And and Seattle is lucky to have him. Just enjoyed watching the the highlights. I just I just did highlights uh, this morning, and uh, about twelve minutes, and it was just enough to get me back into it and get excited for this coming season. Because you're right, there's just so much potential, so such untapped um, a learning curve in the NFL. You know, just that alone, he's just going to get better just based on uh, experience, mm-hmm. and um, he's just got so much to offer. There were a few, there were a few mistakes last year, a couple of, um, communication issues with the safeties, um, couple of, you know, he picked up the wrong route and left someone wide open, um, that kind of stuff. And that, that's the kind of stuff that's going to go away in year two. Um, and really where he can just shut down half the field, uh, in that back third, if they're going to run the, that cover three and he's just that good. He really is. He like, he's the real deal. How confident are you? of that statement, like where you just like, we don't even have to think about it anymore. You just shut that down, shut one third of the field or one half or whatever you want to say. Um, a guy doesn't come in and play at an all pro level his rookie year and then suck. He'd have to have like, you know, injuries or there has to be something off the field. Um, the guy doesn't work as hard as he did just to get on the field. Um, last year because like I said it didn't start out pretty for him um you know in in the preseason and stuff but he worked his tail off you don't you're not someone who works that hard and then you know lets your body go and, and get out of shape and all that kind of stuff like none of that's going to happen it, I have complete confidence in Treequel so he did have a little scope on his knee and uh removed some just some cartilage type stuff, cleaned it up a little bit here. Um, first of May and he is expected back. If not already kind of going through the motions, uh, jogging, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, cutting a little bit at this point. Uh, Pete Carroll said at the time it would be a four to six week rehab on that. It's been four weeks for almost five weeks and, uh, expected back for camp full strength. So, um, Devin Weathers definitely not a major thing with Woolen. Um, so Witherspoon, I mean, six foot one eighty, so he's smaller, um, twenty two. But go watch him play, and you want to talk about a guy who's good at coverage. Like Woolen has all of that height, weight, speed. You even if you, even if he right. like gets out of position, he can get back in position against the best of them because no one's keeping up with him. And he does. <laughs> With, Witherspoon just doesn't get out of position. He's just so sticky, and he he is a very physical player too. Like, even though he's a little bit smaller, he's not afraid of contact. He'll go in, he'll fight with, you know, the six, four receiver, uh, and win. So it has absolutely, you know, elite potential. Can't wait to see him in a Seahawk uniform. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, fifth overall Pete raves about him. He's got the instincts that you like in a corner. Uh, he's got him in spades. Yeah, and then the physicality you mentioned that it's Pete's corner. I mean, it was one of those things we didn't anticipate, I think, in the draft until just the last couple of weeks where his name started popping up as a potential draft pick of the Seahawks. And you start really looking at him. Um, you know, initially we wanted even us wanted Seattle to go in a different direction, but but now that he's the pick, 
you get it. You understand it. They, they hadn't drafted that high before as a corner. Um, what did the, you think the Seahawks had in plan in, in their plan? You, you saw him during OTAs and mini camps playing a little bit in the slot as well. Um, do you think that's just to see the diversity that he's got or do they have plans there to kind of move him inside? I think it's um, just to develop him, give him an opportunity to see uh, the field and the offense from different spots, get an idea of what the, all the jobs are, because if you're on the outside and you get that guy in the slot on the inside of you, you need to know what his responsibilities are too, because that helps you make your decisions on what, what you do and that kind of stuff. And so I think that's part of it. And I think the other thing is because of his skill set, he can cover in the slot. Um, a lot of guys, you know, don't cover as well in there because they don't have a boundary, right? You're, you're, um, you, the, their, your receiver can go both ways, right? And you can go inside, inside or outside, where if you're outside on there, you're there, they're going down the field or they're going inside. There's just not as much room that you have to cover with. And He's got the skill set to cover in there, but he's too good. He's going to start. He's going to be on the outside. But what I think they're looking at is, okay, if they go to the nickel, they bring in a third corner. Do they bring in Mike Jackson to play on the outside and move um, Witherspoon into the slot? Or do they leave Witherspoon out there um, on the outside and bring in um, Kobe Bryant uh, in the slot? And I think they'd rather do the first one than the second one of those two options. Again, it's a nice problem to have. I mean, you're right. I, I think that, that that could be part of this plan as well. Uh, speaking of Mike Jackson, uh, Pete Carroll called him out, said he had the best camp of anybody, quote unquote. He had a dominant camp. He, he, he used the word dominant. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't going to relinquish his job. And what great news. I mean, both of us uh, uh, and me in particular, I think you were a little bit more happy with the way Mike Jackson played last year than, than I was. I thought maybe they'd go out and upgrade. I thought, well, they drafted Witherspoon. Obviously they felt the same way or it was just an opportunity. And that was the, the, uh, the position that they, they drafted. Um, but now that Witherspoon's in Mike Jackson has this great camp he doesn't look like he's going to give his spot up. Uh, Witherspoon would have been the logical player to go opposite Woolen. Now they've just got tons of options. Mike Jackson looks like he's going to play, get plenty of snaps. He's a, he's an outside corner only. Um, Witherspoon could play, you know, on the outside, the inside, wherever you want him to play. They've got Trey Brown, Artie Burns. We'll talk about these guys in a minute. Kobe Bryant, you mentioned, um, just a huge, selection of players that can play multiple different positions. Trey Brown, Kobe Bryant, now Devin Witherspoon can all play in the slot as well as a couple of safeties we'll mention in our next show. Man, who's going to get the playing time here, Keith? Yeah, then that's that's the issue. Who's going to get the playing time? Because um, what you've got here is five or six guys. Um, three are going gonna to play a lot. And all of them kind of deserve some playing time. So it it really does come down to who who's healthy, who is you know performing the best in uh, in practice and that kind of stuff, or who gets who gets the snaps. And it's hard to count out Mac, Mike Jackson 
given he played well last year, um, did his job well, and he's only improving. Remember, I mean, he was a guy that only played a few snaps the year before, um, had been a practice squad guy, all that kind of stuff, got pressed into service because of, of injuries and looked surprisingly good until he himself got hurt. Um, and then other people got pressed into service. But, you know, he wasn't a lock to make the team in, in, in any way going into last year. And all he did was come out of, um, you know, camp in the preseason as the starter. Yeah. And never gave that up. Yeah. Um, Artie, never, Burns, Artie Burns was there, a guy that they brought in to kind of take that spot. You know, yeah, it was available was Artie, to him. That was Burns' job. They signed him, brought him over from the Bears to be that guy. And he never got on the field. Was it three snaps all season with the defense? Um, Which and, tells you everything you need to know about Mike Jackson. A, yeah. he took that job, never let it go, and then stayed healthy all year. You know, I watched a little bit of Mike Jackson, too, and he's a physical guy. He likes to tackle. He likes to get his head in there. He likes to break up passes, you know, not a huge interception machine, not nearly anticipation or, or makeup speed that Tariq Woolen has, but he's got enough instincts and physicality to play that position really well the way that Pete Carroll likes it to be played. And that's really the key here. Um, he's, he's kind of a Pete Carroll kind of quarterback, uh, cornerback. Devin Witherspoon's the same sort of player, physicality-wise. Um, and they're similar in size, not... You know, Mike Jackson's a, quite a bit bigger at, at 6'1", 210, but five, or six foot, 180, 185 pounds on Witherspoon. And the, and the way that he plays is similar in style. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of excited. I mean, the top three corners now on this team are legit. And it's going to be, it's going to be something. How about Artie Burns? Artie Burns comes back on a one-year deal. I'm so a, surprised he signed that. I am too. Like why, if you're already especially burned, with this crowded room, yeah, you you signed last year to come in and and um get it, you know, be the starter in Seattle and get a chance, and you never even get on the field like at all. You spend the entire year on the sideline, and then you watch them draft, you know, a guy number five overall at your position, crowding the room even more, and you go, you know what? Let's sign up for more of that. Um, you know, I mean, Artie Burns was a starter in Chicago and a pretty dang good one. First round draft pick out of Pittsburgh in 2019, I believe. Yeah. I mean, he was a pretty damn good player before coming to Seattle and he can't get on the field because of how crowded that room is and the talent above him. Like if you're Artie Burns, why do you come back to Seattle? Why do you not go to a place where you at least have the opportunity to compete for a job and get on the field? Yeah. Maybe he's looking at it the same way you look at it. One of these guys got to go. Maybe the Seahawks flip a draft pick. It's not going to be Burns. You know, it could yep. be Trey Brown. could be Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. It could be Mike Jackson. Yep, could be any of those three. And then Artie Burns would potentially have a, have a spot, you know, at that at that point, or at least a yeah, rotation. He can, he'll, make the, he'll make the roster, but will he actually get on the field again? Will he make the roster with this group? You've got Kobe Bryant, Trey Brown, who didn't really play, Mike Jackson, Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen. Artie Burns seems to be the the odd man out here. He's Matt. definitely an odd man out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Because he's the sixth guy out of six. Um, the other two guys, we keep mentioning him. Let's go ahead and talk about him. Uh, Kobe Bryant is um, 
last year's pick um, in the fourth round, if I remember right, um, taken yeah. before Tariq Wollen. Um, thought to be, yeah. um, you know, ready to come in and play and, you know, maybe not to have the highest ceiling of the cornerbacks in that year's draft, but the most pro ready. Um, or your starter. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened though, was that he got moved inside in this, into the slot, which is not his position. He's an outside corner. Um, but Why do you was think it, the Seahawks did that last year, Keith? Before tr- before training camp really even started, they already had that decision made. Well, and... they they knew that they were going to have one, they were going to have problems in the slot, and two, the way they had things set up with Artie Burns and uh, Mike Jackson and Tariq Woolen and um, you know the other guys that they had in camp last year, they knew they had outside corners and they were lacking slot. Uh, Justin Coleman was really the guy that they brought in. And I think they knew that he was not the same Justin Coleman as he had been the first time around in Seattle, where he was really a really good slot corner. You've seen him uh, deteriorate the last couple of years when he hasn't been in Seattle. And so uh, I think they were looking at how do we get guys on the field, right? Get your best 11 out there. Um, even when you're in the nickel, that's why you see um, even in, you know, camp and stuff where you see a guy like Witherspoon taking snaps um, in the slot some of it's, you know, training and, and getting them to know the responsibilities of all the positions. But some of it's also like at some point you have to figure out a way to get the guys on the field. And the CX went into last year as a rebuilding team, right? They took two corners. They took two um, tackles. They took two pass rushers. Um, and we're like, well, let's see what we got. And um, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. Bryant played well enough to get on the field. He also played well enough to, or played poorly enough early in the season to get himself off the field and then got himself another chance and continued to improve. So uh, I thought at the end of the season, he was playing really well. Um, but at the beginning of the season, <clears throat> it was kind of rough. So you mentioned uh, just a little bit ago that Kobe Bryant would be the the second or possibly even third option as a slot corner on this team with Devin Witherspoon playing on the outside primarily but moving inside when they bring three corners in. Mm-hmm. Mike Jackson would take the other spot. Kobe Bryant's the odd person out. Is he on the trade block, Keith? He might be, yeah. If Witherspoon is uh, the real deal and everyone stays healthy, I think you need to keep two out of the three of uh, Jackson Brown and Bryant and which one has the most trade value to you? And that's a good given, question. Given that Trey Brown is, has been in the year, uh, been in the league a year longer. So his contract is shorter and he's coming off a year in which he barely played because of a, a, an injury the year before. Um, and you have a guy in Jackson who, played well in Seattle, but Seattle's got a system that works well for guys like that um, in the Brandon Browner kind of style. And that doesn't always translate outside of Seattle. Um, And then you've got Kobe Bryant, who was liked as a, you know, in the draft process and showed a lot of improvement last year and looked pretty good um, down the stretch last year. I think of of those three guys, he's the one with the most trade value. I think he is the one with the most trade value, but he's also the one that's that's most valuable 
I think, to Seattle for the exact same reasons in that he's got high football intelligence, leadership qualities, good ball skills that he's shown in the, in the past. A little bit last yep. year, he, had, he was close, you know, on a, on a few interceptions last year, had some tip balls, contributed in other ways, yep. um, recovered fumbles, forced fumbles, et cetera. Really worked, um, but he, the, I think more importantly, he really worked his butt off because beginning of the year, like that same preseason game where, um, you know, Woolen looked really poor, uh, Burnt, um, Bryant looked really bad as well. Um, and he, for him, it didn't bounce back quite as quick. It took him more time, but he worked and worked and worked and got better. And that's, you I mean, the coaches are going to love that. Uh, having guys like that on your roster, it, that kind of stuff, the more of those guys you have, the more it just bleeds into everyone else. And so, yeah, there's a lot of value in Kobe Bryant. He's also only in year two, right? You've got three more years of team control. Right. right. So, you know, I would almost <clears throat> prefer that they try to trade, trade Brown. If that's, if this is going to happen, this is pure speculation mm -hmm. because he hasn't been on the field anyway. So we don't really, we're not really missing anything. I already saw Kobe Bryant significant. I mean, he played significant snaps last year, starter most of the year in the slot, in the slot, had over 700 defensive snaps. Mm -hmm. Um, one, you know, he, he, he's, he's a good corner. I think he just took some time to adjust to that slot position, which he had not played before. Um, I would see pretty sizable improvement this year. If he works as hard as he worked last year and continued that in the off season, Coaches gave him some things to work on. Comes back, he's ready. Um, it's like like I said, it's a nice problem to have with Witherspoon, Bryant, Brown, all in the slot, plus a couple of safeties that are hybrid oriented that could also play there. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's an abundance of talent that this team has on the defensive backfield uh, when you combine both groups. <clears throat> I think oh. Bryant has the most value both as a trade partner and as a person on the roster. Um, but at the same time, I think he's got the lowest ceiling of those three that we're, that we're talking about. It's just possible. Of, I mean, he was, he lasted to the fourth trades. round uh, for a reason, but so did yep. Trey Brown. Trey Brown um, is smaller, 5'10", um, 185, um, been in the year league now uh, for couple seasons going into year three and didn't play much early on in uh, his rookie season because I don't know reasons this is back when the coaching staff was still trying to not play young players and hope that they could put a, a, um, a contender together with veterans and, and not have to deal with young mistakes uh, that they've changed that tune again and gone back to what they did that made him great um, but Brown, when he got on the field, like I did not expect Trey Brown to be, be a good player. Yeah. Um, and this is, that. yeah, this is well, I think it's well documented because you go look at his college tape and he held on every play. Like every play is a penalty in the NFL. Uh, if you take what he, what he was doing. And I was just like, you can't do that. Um, but they worked with them. They got him out of some bad habits. They got him into doing, um, some different things. And he looked really freaking good. Oh, I think he played, what, five five games that rookie season before he got hurt? Yeah. <clears throat> he looked really freaking good in those last three that he played. And then he got hurt. And 
um that was a that was terrible because he looked like he looked like he was becoming a guy that you could depend on and and put in there as a hey, this is a guy that we can know that's on the roster he's part of, he's going to become part of the core um but then he got he got hurt and um missed the rest of the year and then just it was a slow recovery he wasn't ready for last year and he didn't even get back onto the roster until mid-season and even then he had a hard time getting on the field because uh jackson and woolen were so good and and bryant yes. had improved to a point where you're not taking him off the field either and so brown didn't play much and so that's kind of a lost year as far as his play and his development and all of that uh but he still got two more years of team control um and there's still a tremendous amount of talent and like i said i think he's um got a higher ceiling than kobe bryant because of physical traits um speed agility those kind of things and so yeah i mean it, can he stay healthy can he get or is he healthy can he stay healthy um i don't see any reason why not and it's just a matter of um let's see what we got there i i i'm really excited to, to see him in camp and, and see what kind of player he is right now i am too all right we've got a handful of players here that are undrafted free agents and, and older uh vet type guys that are invited into the 90-man roster for uh for a look isaiah dunn six foot 189 explosive leaper with with excellent speed uh long arms um quick and only twitch. 24 24 years I, old yep going into his third year only um only 24 I, I like wow i don't remember like he's just young There's also 25 year old draft picks potentially can play in the slot as well so mm -hmm. just a, another a name to to put on the watch list uh didn't hear any negatives didn't hear any positives out of camp um but he's still on the roster so that's a that's a good positive uh lance boykin 62 200 pounds bigger uh long leg linear type corner um size and length uh, knows how to get to the catch point. Um, good ball skills. Team captain. Um, don't know really anything else about him. He's and, a he's a zone cover guy. He doesn't have the agility. He's not as athletic as I think the team is used to having at corner. Uh, but overall, like he's long and um, has some good linear speed and. Um, is a cover three guy he's not a guy that is going to be a man corner could he could he be a, a safety potentially maybe i'm more interested if the cx are, are going to start moving corners to safety i'm more inter interested in seeing what mike jackson looks like as a strong safety interesting especially given ryan neal's success i mean that but, that yeah side. but can you imagine i mean Mike Jackson is already successful as a corner. Started 17 games last year. I know. I know. I'm just throwing out throwing out ideas. Um Okay. Yeah, 62200. I could see it, but at the same time, this isn't a guy that's 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 really athletic. So, um Well, I I agree with you on the zone guy. His zone based mm -hmm. coverage scheme. Yeah. Um Arquan Bush, 6 foot, 187 pounds. Four five four forty, outside cornerback, good size, um, decent footwork, um, you know, decent uh, production. 
32 pass defense, including nine interceptions in college. Um, again, just another guy to come in and see if he can make the roster and it would have to be in special teams. Yeah. All of these guys that we're mentioning, um, as undrafted guys and, um, you know, done that we, you mentioned earlier, they have to, they have to excel in special teams. They've, that's their, their, that's their shot at the roster because there's six, there's at least six guys ahead of them. Right. And you're not keeping seven corners. So you need to convince the team that you are, your special team's ability is worth cutting Artie Burns. Yes. Or trading one of the other guys. Um, and they kept Artie Burns on the roster all year last year, just as a safety measure. I mean, he, yeah. he didn't, he wasn't going to see the field. They kept him on the active roster. He was, it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, not what? dressing every week either. Yeah. He wasn't a healthy scratch. He just literally never saw the field. Uh, but he was ready to come in. If either of the starters had gone down, he was ready. They just never did. Yeah. All right. There's a couple more guys. Um, three, three more guys on my list, actually. Uh, James Campbell, 5'11", 183 pounds, Montana State, 4'440", um, slot guy. I knew nothing about him. Like, I could not find um, information on him yeah. as far as, like, overall... Yeah, it's pretty um, void out there. That was it. I just had got his measurables, and he's from Montana State. That's it. Yeah, the uh, NFL.com did not even have him listed as a as a prospect in the draft. So, so there you go. Uphill, yeah. <laughs> uphill. James Campbell, uh, yep. Montre uh, Braswell, uh, six foot, hundred ninety pounds. Also runs a four four forty. That man was five ten, one hundred ninety four. Okay. Uh, I don't know where I got my information. I, I, hmm. I kept my windows open for a while and I've shut, shut them down. So, um, I think I got them from nfl.com. Um, strength, athleticism, natural ball skills, um, press cover type corner. Um, that's it. That's all I've got. Per uh, recognition him, skills. Him. He is a very good kick returner with big playability in that, uh, in that realm. And I think this is a guy that, um, if he makes a team and has any impact in the NFL, it's because he's like the second coming of Devin Hester, who was a at best mediocre cornerback, but the best return guy of all time. And, um, to a point where they moved him to offense just to try and use some of that ability uh, outside of kick returns. And it never really materialized into much, but started out as just an, a guy that's listed as cornerback, but you don't want him to play. Um, and I think if, um, you know, if, if Braswell makes the team, it's because of that return skill, because they've, he's made it, he's made himself uncuttable by being super explosive in the return game. Yeah, that would be fantastic, but there's just so many other uh, return guy options on this team. Mm -hmm. um, so he's definitely a long shot. Uh, Benji Franklin, six foot, 172 pounds. That's all I've got. I he's not even listed. He's not even listed on the roster as a corner. He's he's not listed as a safety either. He's just generically he's defensive, defensive back. back. Yeah, I put him in this group because of his size, six foot, 172 pounds. Couldn't see that guy playing safety in that in that size, but 172 pounds—that is tiny. 
Yeah, Benji Franklin. Player. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and I and I with you. I I know nothing about this guy. He could come so, in and just blow us away in in camp, and yeah. we'll all be shocked. But yeah, right. um, it wouldn't be the first time that a guy that that we can't find any information on and um we think of it as like barely a camp body comes in and impresses um but yeah um i think he's got a very long road towards making the roster at this point i think you know anybody beyond the top six really does this oh, yeah, group that's... is so deep that in in less catas- uh, catastrophic problems exist Mm-hmm. We're we're going to be talking about the guys at the top here: Tariq Woolen, yeah. Witherspoon, Jackson, Burns, Brown, Bryant. Um, These other guys are camp bodies to help the receivers get the reps they need, um, and they're fighting for hopefully a spot amongst all of them, but only if they can convince the coach that a guy like Artie Burns um, or Kobe Bryant are expendable in order to create a roster spot for them. And that's so where does this, hard to do. Where does this group rank? Like in the NFL, the NFC, NFC West? Like, well, like it's hard to, do we have hard, one of the best? It's hard to say because we don't have, we have projections of um, Devin Witherspoon. And his draft status is the fifth overall pick. And this assumption that he's going to play at a pro bowl or maybe all pro level because of that. And because of there's no, I mean, his college tape is just absolutely elite. Um, and so you, you expect that, but until we see it, it's hard to count that. Quantify. The fact that, right. Yeah. You've got Tariq Woolen who <laughs> did it for an entire season, played it at an, at an all pro level. Right. Um, and you've got Witherspoon, who has that potential. I just need to see it, and everyone else needs to see it. Um, and then you've got Mike Jackson, who I think you underrate a lot, and clearly, is, and is clearly. showing is showing his uh, value in uh, in camp, you know, in OTAs and stuff this year. Uh, just that three gives you three starters for two positions on the outside that are all really good players. And then you throw in, um, you know, Burns, Brown, and and Bryant um, as guys that are good enough to start for most teams and fighting for a job, right? Fighting to get on the field at all. Um, yeah. The, honestly, find me a better group. Find me a better top six anywhere in the nfl agreed yeah this uh, is as deep as it gets really i mean it is yeah. it's as deep I as mean, it gets i will say that the jets have a really good group of corners um sauce garner was a rookie of the year over Wallen. um dj reed we all know he's playing at a, at a pro bowl level um they've got some young kids there as well um that's a really good group they're the only ones that I, that come to mind that are close, but when you get six deep, n- there's nobody. There's nobody that's got six guys that could start the way yeah. Seattle does. This is such an elite group. Fun, fun. I'm really interested to find out if it really does make it more difficult to score on the Seahawks because last year we had a decent 
corner room. Tariq Woolen and Jackson started. We had, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe Bryant. Essentially, we're going to have the same people on the field plus Witherspoon. It will be interesting to me if it has a great effect having Witherspoon because. Yeah, you've also got Dig. Diggs is the same. And, um, you know, Ryan Neal played extremely well last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the defensive backs were not the problem. No. At any point last year. No, but there was such, and, and we were seventh in sacks. I mean, and, and equal, you know, in pressures. I, I don't know where the problem was specifically with that defense, but it just didn't do the job. Um, yeah. we'll just have to, we'll have to figure that out, but it's when they got pressure, they got home and they got sacks, but they didn't get pressure a lot. There was a lot of plays where there was nothing in terms of pass rush and a quarterback could sit there for an hour and a half and wait for someone to get open. And it's hard to play cornerback for more than, you know, four seconds. Mm-hmm. It really is. All right. Let's get out of here. Great show on the cornerback position. Next up is the safeties. Uh, that should be a good show as well. Um, I really like that group. You're a little uh, less enthusiastic than I am. We'll find out why. Um, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is Seahawks Playbook Podcast on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. When you find it, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a great comment if you like the show and uh, share it with your friends and family. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.